Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You know, I listen to Bickley and Murata. Terrific show, by the way. I really enjoy it. Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata. It's the greatest show on earth. Bickley and Murata. Good morning and welcome. Dan Bickley. Sportsman. Sports. Vince Murata. It's a power-packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Murata. Spectacular. This is the greatest. Bickley and Murata. I love this show. This is the greatest show in the history of radio. It's the greatest radio show ever. Bickley and Murata. I hate everything about this show. This is the worst show in the world. Good morning. Welcome to Wednesday, March 22nd, as I look at my show sheet and realize that I forgot to update the date on it. <laughs> That's going to trip me up all morning long. Start it's over. Do over. Good morning. <laughs> Welcome to Wednesday uh, for the second straight day. Mine is the first voice you hear. Tim Ring is here again. I said yesterday several times that Bickley would be back today. I'm a big fat liar. Bickley's not back today. Every time I think I'm out, they pull me back in. He doesn't get those references. He's never seen The Godfather's. I, I get all the references. Oh, okay. <laughs> but the how, list- could you, how could you not get Godfather references at this point? They've only been around for 50 years. But the listeners get them, Jared, and those are the people that I care about. Well, that's why that's I get, your first problem. That's why I get up at 4 in the morning to come here and talk about L.J. Yeah. Collier. <laughs> LJ Collier, babe. And Dennis Daly, babe. Um, I'll just say this. Bick a little bit under the weather today, but let this be a lesson to all of you. He did go down to Tucson, and he got sick. I see a connection. Get out. See, you, see when you reach a certain, a certain age, you can't go to those rock concerts. You can't go to, they, t- they, no, they, you can't they go to Tucson. They take a little too much out of you in Tucson. Yes. But happy to be back. Had oh, a, happy, happy to have, to have you. you back. Had such a good time yesterday. We know, we know you'll be here next Friday. I will be here next Friday as Where well. I'm tempting fate by going to a rock concert on, th- on Thursday night. No, I'm going to I'm going to Las Vegas for my concert. Oh well, well you that, definitely won't get no, sick there. Yeah, nothing, no, yeah, 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 there. No, you won't be hungover. You should make it back. <laughs> what? Uh, who pray tell? Yeah. Are you going to see? I'm going to see Depeche Mode. Oh, up uh, in Las Vegas. They're first not, time? They're not... Finally seeing them They're not coming to Phoenix on this tour. I think it's the first time on any tour. Not Arizona at all? No. They added a bunch of dates to uh, California, but they're not coming to Phoenix. Have you ever been the victim, though, of the Phoenix stop right after the Las Vegas stop on a tour for a band? Probably. Because more than once, I've seen a band that was coming from Las Vegas and had either lost their voice, showed up like an hour and a half late. late. They had no money. Didn't make it. Just like, yeah. <laughs> I always thought we got the, in Phoenix, the Thursday gig before the L.A. Yeah. gig. gig. That's We're right. always like the stepchild that gets the Thursday concert yes. before the big gig in yeah. Staples or the Forum on well, Saturday. Jared brings up a good point that could uh, bleed over into sports. If, like, Vegas gets an NBA team, which we all think they're going to, imagine, like, a road trip where a team comes from the east. They go to Vegas, then they come to Phoenix and get the Scottsdale flu on top of it. Yeah, so that that the winning the, percentage is going to go up. Does that help the Coyotes uh, since the Knights have come in? No, but it has certainly helped the Golden Knights. 
I mean, they came into the league and they yeah. through that first year. They enjoyed the greatest face home it, ice Jared, advantage ever. The Coyotes need no help winning at home these days. Are you kidding me? Yes, they're unbeatable. Also, but on on the um, the short end of the stick thing, didn't Taylor Swift start her entire world tour she she right here yeah. in Arizona? Two, Two shows. shows right here. Uh-huh. That's right. And they were all over my Instagram feed. J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt, that's right. I know. The newest Swiftie, J.J. Watt. He was very impressed. She played 44 songs. Yeah. 70,000 people out there. 44 songs? I yeah, know. three plus hours. My goodness. That's, that's like hey, Springsteen's worth. Good for, no good, kidding. That's a, that's a hell of a show right yeah, there. Yeah, if you're going to have to take Ticketmaster down with your own two fists, <laughs> then yeah, you might as well get <laughs> Nobody can play about that price now. Yeah. Oh man, I just got hit with Springsteen tickets. The dynamic pricing Oof. for the show in November. <laughs> Swift, Swift and Springsteen are making bank. Uh, everybody's making bank. Jared, start Not the me. show. <laughs> <laughs> Not me. Splash. Splash. The story's making waves in the sports world. The Splash. The Splash. Brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. Yeah, the Arizona Cardinals continued filling out their roster via free agency. They bring back cornerback Antonio Hamilton, a defensive lineman on uh, Jonathan Ledbetter. They also signed defensive lineman LJ Collier, babe, <laughs> and offensive tackle Dennis Daly. Hamilton spent the last two seasons in Arizona. He started 27 games, uh, seven of the 27 games, excuse me, that he's played in. Uh, last year, Hamilton had his first career interception to go along with 44 combined tackles and five pass breakups. Ledbetter played in 14 games for the Cards last season. Started three, had 22 tackles and a sack. Collier was a first-round pick of Seattle in 2019 out of TCU. He's played in 45 career games, has three sacks, all of which came in 2020. And Daly is massive at six foot six, 326 pounds, started 15 games at left tackle for the Titans last year. He gets a two-year deal, but I get the feeling that Daly's going to be a guard with the Arizona Cardinals. I just hope he can block somebody because the reports out of Tennessee, not good. Not good. Uh, the Phoenix Suns are in action tonight in Los Angeles against the Lakers. Once again, they'll be shorthanded. Forward Kevin Durant remains out with a sprained ankle. Center DeAndre Ayton will miss his second straight game with a hip contusion. Neither player made the road trip to California, which continues Friday night in Sacramento against the Kings. So you can expect Ayton to be out for that game, too. Uh, LeBron James remains out for the Lakers, who have lost a nine straight regular season and playoff games to the Suns. Tonight's affair gets underway just after 7. You can hear all the action beginning with pregame coverage on the Arizona Sports app and 98.7. Big game for the Suns tonight. Oh, Vinny, we talked about it yesterday. We'll get into it more later yes. today. I mean, I think it's a big, it's a critical week. It is. And now if Aiton can't go on Friday, in addition to tonight, you're on the road at Sacramento. Mm-hmm. Those Western Conference standings, they're, they're, they're getting a little disconcerting. They're getting a little tight. <laughs> they're getting a little tight. Uh, last night, the NBA, Oklahoma City got a huge road win in L.A. They beat the Clippers 101-100. to Paul George left that game in the fourth quarter with an apparent knee injury. No immediate update on his status, but I'll just say this. I watched the video right before the show started, and I'm not cringy, and I cringed twice watching that knee uh, kind of 
Definitely a hyperextension, if nothing else. You almost jumped out of your seat, and I said, was it Napoleon McCallum levels? Not that bad. Not that bad. Okay, but it was bad. You don't Uh, like to see people get injured, but it just is, it's amazing that some teams, like the Clippers, the Lakers, the Suns, just have absolutely no luck just being healthy when they need it. It is definitely the case this year. With the loss, the uh, Clippers, a game behind the Suns now for fourth place in the Western Conference. Boston whipped up on Sacramento, 132 to 109. Jason Tatum at 36 for the Celtics in that game. Uh, Hall of Fame center Willis Reed, a legendary figure for the New York Knicks, passed away yesterday at the age of 80. Reed, one of only 16 players in NBA history to win both Rookie of the Year and a Most Valuable Player Award. Most famous for playing through a severe thigh injury in Game 7 of the 1970 NBA Finals against the Lakers, helping the Knicks to their first championship. He played like two minutes in that game, by the way. That's the that's the interesting part of that story. Game 7 was, uh, he played, I looked it up yesterday, 27 minutes. Was it 27 Scored minutes? Scored four points. Yeah, it was the four, it was, he hit the first two jumpers of the game and then he didn't score again. Yes, yes that's it. So he played a little more than two minutes. Okay. Bobby, my time. Uh, mine too, but <laughs> still legendary. People still talk about Willis Reed. Yes, they and, do. And, and people get the reference. That's how famous the reference is. Uh, Bobby Hurley isn't going anywhere as Arizona State gives the head coach a two-year extension through the 25-26 season. Hurley guided the Sun Devils to a 23-win campaign in a third NCAA tournament appearance. His name had come up in connection with some other coaching openings, namely at Georgia Tech and Providence, but he'll be back for his ninth year in the fall. Elsewhere, ASU center Enoch Boachi, who was a top 60 RSCI recruit in the class of 2021, has entered the transfer portal. He barely got off the bench this past year, played just 60 minutes in his sophomore season after seeing 384 minutes of action as a freshman. Enoch, we hardly knew ye. All right, Enoch. <laughs> and I'm, I'm very I'm very happy that Arizona State extended Bobby Hurley's contract. Oh, yeah. you know, we'll get into that at 6:30. We will. But this is a uh, that's a, it's a good day. It's a good day for the program. Yep. Coyotes winning streak comes to an end. Uh, they lose in Winnipeg 2-1 to the Jets. Coyotes road trip continues tonight in Edmonton against the Oilers at 7:30, a game you can hear on the Arizona Sports app and ESPN 6:20. Japan is the champion of the World Baseball Classic. 3-2 win over the United States in Miami. Shohei Otani came in to close out the game in the ninth, and after getting Mookie Betts to hit into a double play, struck out his Angels teammate Mike Trout to end it and give Japan its third WBC championship. All in all, a really good event, and we'll we'll get into some reaction about the uh, World Baseball Classic. Today I'll, tell you, I'll tell you this, Vinny. Um, I didn't get into it until the very end. The social media activity for that moment uh-huh. last night was far greater and far more explosive than any World Series in recent memory. I don't know what that means or what that says about the WBC. You, you, not to overuse the word literally. You literally could not have come up with a better moment to end the WBC. Sure you could have. Trout could have hit a home run to tie the game. Well, I'm, I'm, no, no, I'm not, I'm not saying how it... I'm saying the, the moment, the, the matchup going sure. into it. That's why there was so much social media. Oh my God, it's Trout versus Otani. I can't believe it with the game on the line. Right, yeah. but I mean, I'm sure recent World Series have had moments, but nothing nothing really dominated my, my Twitter timeline no. and whatnot like that moment did That's last That's because Otani and Trout don't play in the World 
seriously. Yeah, the people, <laughs> hey, who are these guys? They don't guys? have big moments in the Angels. These guys are really good. In the Cactus League, they'll uh, off to, off day today for the D-backs. They'll split their squad for a pair tomorrow. And uh, bad news on the injury front for the Diamondbacks as well. Carson Kelly hit by a pitch in Monday's game against the White Sox. Diagnosed with a forearm fracture. Our own John Gambadoro reported yesterday that Kelly will miss between six and eight weeks. Ouch. There you go. There's your splash. For Wednesday, March 22nd, coming up next, the Cardinals getting a little bit more active in free agency. But what does it all mean? And what's next? We'll get into it. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. With more Tim Ring. Woo! Oh, goody. Dan Bickley feeds Murata. Bickley and Murata mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Four receivers, three right, one left. Dalton in the gun. Third down and eight from the Arizona 10. Taysom Hill in the slot right, back to throw Dalton. Looking over the middle, throws back of the end zone, and it's picked off. Antonio Hamilton in the back of the end zone with the interception. He takes a knee, and the Cardinals get a takeaway. It remains 7-3 Saints. That's uh, Dave Pash on the call back in October. The Thursday night win, the home win for the Cardinals last year over the Saints. Antonio Hamilton picking off Andy Dalton in the end zone for his first career interception. Antonio Hamilton, uh, who had a tumultuous season last year, obviously had the preseason injury. The burn, yeah. Yeah, the uh, the cooking incident where uh, he missed some time but came back and actually contributed. He's back. He's coming back to the Arizona Cardinals on a, a free agent deal. Cardinals made a handful of signings yesterday, bringing back two of their own, Hamilton and Jonathan Ledbetter, and also bringing in defensive lineman L.J. Collier, who had spent time with the Seattle Seahawks, and Dennis Daly, uh, left tackle from the Tennessee Titans, who started 15 games. And let's start the conversation there, and because you're right. You brought it up. Tim rings in for Bick today, and Tim brought this up in the splash some of the reaction coming out of uh, Tennessee during the season uh, on Dennis Daly being a fixture on the Titans offensive line. He played 941 snaps last year at left tackle, which was among the league leaders in in left tackle snaps. Uh, He also gave up the most sacks of any player in the league, tied for the most, gave up 12 sacks. His PFF grade came out... Uh, for all, there was 81 tackles that were rated by Pro Football Focus last year. Don't tell me he's 81. He's 78. Okay. He also gave up a league high 52 pressures. He committed seven penalties. Yes. But what's what's fascinating to me is that Monty Osenfort was in Tennessee last year. Yes, he was. In a front row seat to this young man playing football. And maybe and yet, it's one of those situations where Monty Ossenfort sees something else in Dennis Daly that can be unlocked with with a scenery change. Who knows? I'm not going to sit here and claim to be an expert on Dennis Daly's career. But I do find it interesting that two years ago, um, in, a, in a previous stop, he had played 336 snaps at guard. And I think when you look at the, the read the tea leaves... D.J. Humphreys left tackle. They bring back Kelvin Beecham. He's going to play right tackle, so you would there. assume. Josh Jones could be a swing guy at either guard or tackle. They need another guard. Will Hernandez is back, but Justin Pugh, his future is very much up in the air, and I don't think he'll be back with the Cardinals if he decides he wants to continue playing football. I think Dennis Daly is probably a, a plug-and-play guy at guard. Does that make sense? It, From a personnel standpoint, in terms of who's actually on the football team, yes. Here's where I would get 
concerned, and, and this is not even pushing back on, on what you're saying, my concern would be he's 6'6". Six, six. That's, that's tall for a guard. And Vinny, it's especially tall lineman, yeah. on this team. That's tall for a guard in the NBA, for goodness sakes. <laughs> six, six. That is true. Yeah, that's because, like... Because when QB1 comes back, yeah. there are already issues seeing in the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. You put a 6'6 six, six guard in there, it complicates things even more. No, I mean, Justin Pugh's what, 6'4"? I mean, we're talking yeah, he's about, not a tiny guy. Right, we're talking about two inches. But historically speaking, 6'6 six, six is tall for any NFL guard mm-hmm. for that very reason. And now you've got a quarterback who's on the shorter side playing for your for your organization. So that would be something I would think about. Maybe Dennis Daly, maybe Monty Austin Ford said, hey, this guy's not a starting offensive lineman in this league, but he's a capable swing tackle, backup depth guy that we need. And yeah. I'm trying to build a roster here. I'm familiar with this guy. And Lord knows, I mean, Monty Austin Ford wasn't here. But I'm sure he's very familiar by now with how much that depth was tested and the, their lack of depth w- was shown on the offensive line for a good portion of last year. I mean, they had one guy navigate his way throughout the entire season, and that's Calvin Beecham. Everybody else got hurt. Everybody. I, I think the frustration for Cardinal fans, and maybe some agree, maybe some don't, is is just the, the lack of impact signings from outside the organization thus far in free agency. And the ones they have signed have just been... Connections to the coach and GM. Well, I'll go a step further too, Tim, and say lack of impact signings from free agents who were part of this organization, and they lost guys. It seems Those, like it seems like a very bad football team has only gotten worse so far in the off season. To the point where the T word's being thrown around, not by the Cardinals. They'll never bring up that word, but people are looking at the activity or lack thereof by the Cardinals and saying, "Well, they're obviously they got a tank philosophy for 2023." If you're not. If you're not actively trying to win and improve the team and get better, yeah, then what's the opposite of that? Uh, I mean, is the opposite of that? Is, is, does that mean that you are tanking? I mean, because some people say, well, this is the part of the rebuilding process, and there's a there's an elephant in the room that Kyler Murray is not going to be on the field for a while, so we're not going to we're not going to screw up our cap, we're not going to sign guys that put us in a poor position to build this football team down the road because we don't feel that we're going to compete for Super Bowls this year. So there's there's there there's that side of the discussion or argument, if you will, uh-huh. tanking versus rebuilding. This is all part of a master plan, and they're and they're being smart about it. But on the other side, I can see where people say, "Listen, if you're not trying to win, that means you're tanking." Mm-hmm. There's, there, it's black and white. It's not gray. And everything they've done so far in the off season, it doesn't appear that they're trying to win football games in 2023, no matter what they would say publicly. It and, certainly and, and, appears and, that way. But and, and, and again, if it's part of the, if that's part of the plan for a greater tomorrow, then I'm okay with it. But the reality is, what we're seeing now is an organization that's like, okay, we're, 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 we're not going to be much this season, gang. So just understand that. Which, again, when you consider where this team was more than midway through the 2021 season, to, to get here this quick, oof, <laughs> it went south in a hurry. I remember at 7-0 and arguing with people, people that had prominent positions in the league, that this was a Super Bowl contending team. Mm-hmm. And I believe that from the bottom of my heart. I watch every snap, just like we all do. Well, even when and they. Like that, this, is, this is a damn good football team. And even when they suffered that first loss on that Thursday night against Green Bay, it, it, you could point out what. I mean, 
There was a fluke play in the end zone. They could, they should have won that should game. Could have won that. They could have been eight and zero. Who knows what would have happened there? And still recovered to get to ten and two. And then the wheels they came off, and they have not been put back <laughs> on. Yeah, it's, it's just it's it's you know look look. There's Dennis Daly, L.J. Collier's a guy. He, was it first round pick? It was a first round pick, but I mean, this, the Seahawks didn't pick up his fifth year option. So, no. and there's a reason for that. Mm-hmm. There's a reason for that. He, he he didn't make plays. Wasn't good enough. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been an interesting slash curious off season so far for the Arizona Cardinals. You can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at six twenty six twenty right now. Coming up next, there had been days of speculation on Bobby Hurley's future. Was it in Tempe? Was it in Atlanta? Was it in Providence? Well, he's staying here with a contract extension. We'll get into all the details and reaction next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings with Tim Ring in for Bick today here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Dan Bickley, Vince Murata. Bickley and Murata Mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. We knew ASU for a while has been a bubble team. Bubble teams can make runs. Bobby Hurley hasn't had the type of uh, you know impressive postseason resume that you would like to see if you're an ASU fan. Eight seasons in, one of those years, he, he, the pandemic cost the team a possible tournament bid. But he's had three, which is, and yes, they've all been in Dayton, but uh, that's more than uh, any coach since Ned Wolk. Um, so that's not that's not nothing. That was Chris Cartman back on uh, St. Patrick's Day before the Sun Devils got eliminated uh, by the TCU Horned Frogs. But talking about Bobby Hurley, and there were questions going into the tournament about his future, last year of the contract, Tim, uh, what's going to happen, who's going to sniff around. I mean, Bobby Hurley had a successful regular season, got the Sun Devils into the tournament. How much interest would there be? And with the early coaching maneuvers that were out there, you know, Rick Patino taking the St. John's job and, um, you know, the, the opening at Georgia Tech, Ed Cooley jumping from Providence to Georgetown. There seemed to be connections. Everybody seemed to point at Bobby Hurley as the guy, especially at Providence. Can you imagine Bobby Hurley going to the Big East and coaching against his brother at UConn twice a year? Sign us up. Uh, it's not going to happen. Bobby Hurley got his contract extension yesterday, a two-year extension, which carries now through the 2025-2026 season. And people were speculating how much leverage was there, how much interest from other programs was there there i don't from what i've gathered i don't think providence was in on bobby hurley now i think there was interest from georgia tech in in bringing bobby hurley in to talk and asu and ray anderson in my opinion did the right thing they squelched all that and they locked their head coach up phone calls may have been made yes there may have been discussions yes maybe not with bobby himself but with his representatives you know the other the other side of this uh vinnie was would asu make a move on bobby hurley I mean, we, we we're talking about Bobby Hurley deciding to leave ASU, and there was some speculation: was was Ray Anderson uh, ready to to move on from his head coach? Uh, very curious, curiously timed article, uh, AZ Central, uh, floating a particular name of a former ASU star and a former Laker and Byron Scott, uh, a guy who is known to have a relationship with Ray Anderson. Uh, so there was some speculation that maybe Bobby was coaching for his job against Nevada in Dayton. Uh, that was obviously. Put to rest with a nice win and then a heartbreaking loss to TCU. And if Ray Anderson was thinking about making a move, I think Bobby Bobby performed at a at a level 
uh, high enough uh, in the postseason this year, and his team did, uh, that Ray Anderson decided that that they would go ahead and do this two-year contract yeah. extension. I think it's the right move, obviously. Uh, look at the way fan. the Sun Devils finished the season, though, Tim. There was a lot of pressure. Hey, are they going to get the requisite wins to get in? And it was a rough end to the season. They beat Arizona, but then they followed it up with the two losses in Los Angeles. That put pressure on them to win some games in the Pac-12 tournament. They won two, which is a rarity for ASU in the Pac-12 tournament. And Bobby Hurley, Sun Devils team, was very prepared to play in the NCAA tournament. They played a lights-out game against Nevada, and I thought played well enough to win against TCU. And it came down to one possession. You look at the tenure and what Bobby's done in Tempe, especially when you compare it to you know Chris Cartman talking about Ned Walk and whatnot, and, and and how this team has you know really rarely made the tournament in bunches. It's been more of a, uh-huh. uh, a, a once in a while thing yeah. as opposed to a nearly annual thing. But Bobby has, in his time here, has certainly given the program national relevance, uh, relevance given his name, mm-hmm. relevance given his name. Uh, he's had this team as high as number three in the country. He's recruited five-star talent to Tempe. He's won in Tucson multiple times. Uh, he's been to three NCAA tournaments. He's won a couple of games. I know it's the first four, but those are not playing games, Vinny. Those are tournament games. 68 teams, 68 teams make the tournament. Let mm-hmm. me be very clear about that. The only reason there's a first four is because you have to have the brackets be quirky to make it work. Those are not play-in games. Look, I'm not a fan of the first four. I think it's completely unnecessary, but the NCAA has made it necessary, and those are those are sanctioned, recognized you, games. If you're going to invite 68 teams, you have to have a first four. Otherwise, it does, doesn't work. Yeah. Right? So... He's won a couple of tournament games. Other side of the ledger, and Bobby be the first to admit this, is the, the, the play in Pac-12 conference play has not been acceptable. He's under 500 during his tenure. Mm-hmm. And obviously there has not been the, the, the run in the NCAA tournament. He has not played in the second round of the NCAA tournament. And there's been a lot of player movement. But that's the case in all of college basketball. I'm so glad you brought that up. People, Everybody, oh, nobody stays at ASU. Nobody stays anywhere. Nobody stays anywhere anymore. No, there's already over 700 kids in the portal. The season just freaking ended about a week ago. It's still going on for 16 teams. I mean, so listen, So I, I, I guess where I'm going with that is there is room for improvement in the program. And again, I think Bobby would be the first to tell you that. But Bobby wants to be here. Mm-hmm. You know, he lives in Scottsdale. This has become his home. His, his kids are at ASU, or at least his son is there. He said he put, he's got two in there, or he's had two in there at one point. I think he almost feels like there's a sense of unfinished business here. He wants to be the guy to get ASU to the Sweet 16 or maybe the Final Four someday. Mm-hmm. He's proven, Vinny, he has recruiting shops. What's interesting is like the Josh Christophers and the Lugans Dorts have only been here for a year. Yes. But again, what a dort. That's the norm in college basketball. You get a five star kid, chances are you're not going to have him for more than a season. Yeah. It, it, it's almost remarkable because it wasn't that long ago. James Harden was that guy and actually played two years of college basketball. Had he been born three, four years later, he would have been a one and done guy too. But you're right. That's the peril of playing in that, in that playground is you, you get the five-star kids, and if they have any success, they're going. Taysan Cherry was a five-star. Marcus Bagley was a fringe four or five-star, depending on, on... So he's brought the talent in. Uh-huh. He's been in on top guys. He's actually had more success with maybe the non... the high recruits yeah. in terms of getting guys to, to, buy, to buy in. Yeah. He's, go ahead, Jerry. I was going to say, he, he's gotten a ton of big non-conference wins too 
which before he got here was not really a staple of the program. He's won at Kansas. He's won in Tucson. He's beaten number one Kansas here. He, big, go, he goes and plays people. I mean, before Bobby That was not got, the case under Herb Sendek at Herb Sendek was playing like Cal State Northridge on a Tuesday at 2 p.m. <laughs> like, that was his idea of a non-conference schedule. Bobby's playing Kentucky and I do. I'll, I'll fully admit it. Once upon a time toward the end of Herb Sendek's tenure... I wrote a column on ArizonaSports.com, and I was you know, that defeatist ASU person that said, sure, he's not exciting, the program is middling, but it's ASU. Are you going to do better on the basketball front? And you know, eight years ago, they did better. They brought in Bobby Hurley. He's done the job. And I'm real curious to see, because it looked like the program was ready to take off. 18 and 19, they make the tournament. 2020, the world shuts down. And it wreaked havoc on a lot of things. And ASU basketball was one of those things that it wreaked havoc on. Now it looks like this program is a little bit on its way back. He wins 23 games. He gets to the tournament. How do they follow that up now? That's what I'm curious to see. And I, and I do have my frustration still with, with Bobby Hurley coach teams. I've talked about them on the air. I think there's, um, you know, shot selection has to improve consistently. One of the reasons why we saw the Sun Devils have success at the end of the year in the Pac-12 tournament and in the NCAA tournament was they played so much smarter, not just in terms of shot selection, but across the board, and that message might have gotten through finally. But also, know. to be fair, Vinny, their shots were going in. Yes, and, and and shot selection looks a whole hell of a lot better. You're not lying <laughs> when you're putting the ball in the hole. You're, you're not lying. And you're hitting turnaround fadeaways from the baseline from 19 feet out. But I also <laughs> think it's interesting that I, I I would be willing to bet there was a good number of ASU fans that are frustrated with Bobby Hurley. And maybe we're on the side of, let's see what's out there. Let's see what can happen. But then we're immediately stopped in their tracks because they want no part of Ray Anderson making another hire for the men's basketball program because they don't trust him as the athletic director. You're right, though. you got to follow it up because the Ike Diagu teams, the James Harden teams, uh-huh. they didn't lead to anything after they left. No, it's true. And that's what you got to do now is you, you follow. And which the other the same, unfair thing... the same path of, of ASU football to a much more extreme... Yeah. Uh, in, in a much more extreme way. I was listening to, to Luke Lipinski yesterday and after I woke up from being passed out from... <laughs> Total boredom. Uh, no, he, he made the good point though that everyone's saying he made he made three tournaments in eight years. One of the years there was no tournament, so he either made three tournaments in seven years, Bobby Hurley, or he made four because they were going to make it in that year that wasn't yeah. there. I so that's the way I look at it. He coached, three and eight is unfair. He, the way I phrased it yesterday, he has coached four NCAA tournament caliber teams or NCAA tournament teams during his tenure at yeah. ASU. Yes. Pretty good for for in ASU history. It's a really good percentage. And I and I and I just listed off all the other great things he's done. Is I mean, listen, is is he is he? You're right, Vinny. I, I, and I've heard other ASU fans echo that, like, oh, Hurley's offense. Oh, I can't, I can't stand it. They don't, they don't run an off, They don't run an offense. Yeah. So that's there's room for growth. Yes. You can't grow if you don't give the guy the opportunity to grow. You know, and I th- and I think hopefully now the success of this year might help for, with recruiting. So we'll see. Yep.
Is your bracket busted? Don't worry. You've still got a shot at $500. Just text the word BUCKS to 62620. We'll send you a link to fill out your 16-team bracket. That's where it should start. Uh, that's BUCKS, B-U-C-K-S, to 62620. It's the Arizona Sports Bracket Bucks presented by Santan Ford and Schwartz Laser Eye Center. Coming up, Phoenix Rising FC. Their season is underway, and we're nearing the home opener in their new home. We'll talk to the president of Phoenix Rising FC, Bobby Dooley, about it next. It's Bickley and Murata Morning with Tim Ring and for Bick here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Dan Bickley, Vince Morata. Bickley and Morata Mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, we continue the Wednesday edition of Bickley and Murata Mornings live from the Akchin Community Studios with Tim Ring sitting in for Bick. Phoenix Rising FC, their 2023 campaign underway. But not their home campaign just yet. That gets underway on April 1st at 7.30. And here to talk about the preparation going into the home opener in their new home, the president of Phoenix Rising FC, Bobby Dooley, joins us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Bobby, good morning. How are you? Good morning, gentlemen. How are you guys? Good. The the, the countdown is on. Uh, not far off, I think nine days away from the, the home opener uh, and, and preparing a new stadium right in the heart of Phoenix. Tell us about how all those preparations are going. Yeah, we've been busy this off season. You know, we've we've put in a lot of work since the city of Phoenix unanimously approved our our lease um, right there in central Phoenix, north of the airport. And, and from that moment forward, we've been working to hit the reset button. And we announced a new three year partnership with Arizona's family that allows our our fans to access the games on television, and we're able to watch our our last two games on the road. And and you know, made some great partnerships with, with the likes of Valley Metro, where our fans can, with a ticket to our match, they get a ride on a Valley Metro, and that drops you right off in front of the stadium. And, and we're putting some final touches on the stadium these last nine, ten days, and and we're really excited to get back in front of our fans and, and open the new era of Phoenix Rising right in Central Phoenix. Yeah, Bobby. Speaking of those final touches, go ahead and put your marketing or promotional hat on, and uh, tell us a little bit about what fans can expect, new and exciting, out there at the new home of the Phoenix Rising here for this upcoming season. Yeah, we, we've been preaching accessibility, right? And I talked about the television partnership that allows more fans to be able to watch us from around the road and support us. But, but also accessibility, that, that location, you know, with the access, with the freeways all around it, I think everyone in the Valley is within 30 minutes. You have the light rail stop in front. Um, now something new that we haven't had before is fans will be able to gather before the matches and tailgate in the parking lot. That's a, that's a big feature for us and something I know that our fans were excited about. We're going to roll out um, our dollar beer nights at some point this season, and, and I think uh, that was something that a couple years ago um, built a lot of momentum, and, and we had a lot of success on the field and, and a lot of excitement in the crowd. So I think being in more control of the fan experience, those are the elements that, that we have to work on. And we're not going to have any time to do a dry run. We certainly anticipate some challenges on opening night, and uh, but I can tell you that we're going to continue to uh, listen to feedback from our fans and continue to work to optimize the fan experience in, in every way possible as we move forward. Bobby Dooley, the president of Phoenix Rising FC, our guest here on Arizona Sports. Now, going back to the uh, the dollar beer night, you're speaking my language there, Bobby. Tailgating and dollar, beer, and dollar night. beer night. But you said some success. Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't you have like a streak of 15 or, 15 or more straight games uh, that were wins on dollar beer night? Yeah, we... Yeah, we, we had a lot of success um, that year in 2019. We won 20 straight games um, home and away, which was a, is, is a North American record. And there was a lot of momentum. And, and definitely there were some dollar beer nights mixed into there. So we're hoping to find that uh, that recipe once again. And, and hopefully we can get on the right track starting on April 1st and uh, ride their momentum. I know our guys, we've had two games on the road. And 
they couldn't be more excited about uh, stepping foot on the grass and, and looking around and seeing 10,000 people that are cheering them on. And that's, I think, just the kickstart we need to, uh, to get this thing on track. Hey, Bobby, you, you touched on it a couple of times, but I want you to expound on the, the television deal with the folks over at Channel 3 and Channel 5. Obviously, they've got the ability now with like kind of a new sports channel that, 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 that plays off of their, their regular television networks. What, what, again, expound on what exactly this means and the benefits for the club and the organization to have games televised in the Phoenix market, because that is certainly something that, that, that I, would, I would think would be would be huge for for exposure yeah for us um you're absolutely right and and they're fantastic partners and the reach and the accessibility over the air free um for our fans simply need an antenna and you can access our games and they're rolling out a new network sports and entertainment network and we're excited to be their their first uh, professional team to align with them and um, we're getting some games on cbs some games on on channel three and as well as on their new their new channel and so I think to be able to have all 34 of our games broadcast across the state of Arizona and have that type of reach, um, that, that's something that we're really excited about and we want to build upon, and we want to keep building fans. We're only in year seven, so the more people that get a chance to get exposed to Phoenix Rising and whether it's watches on television, you know, seeing kids run around with our jerseys at, at a youth soccer complex or you know, coming out to a match, hopefully, um, we want to keep growing this thing, and we've had fantastic support, and, and we're excited about uh, what we've done, but we're even more excited about where we think we can take this thing. Phoenix Rising FC President Bobby Dooley, our guest here on Arizona Sports. Uh, the home opener coming up uh, for Phoenix Rising FC against San Diego Loyal SC April 1st at their new stadium at 38th Street and Washington. Uh, talking about the product, you, and you mentioned two games on the road. You get the draw at Charleston, a tough one Sunday, and in, in, in the loss to uh, San Diego Loyal SC. What have you seen on the pitch so far for, from this year's version? And, and uh, you know what, what in your mind needs to improve? Yeah, of course. Uh, a lot of things need to improve. Excited about the group. Um, you know, we brought in 17 new professionals um, to the roster. That's a, it's a big roster overhaul. Um, we certainly have some, you know, guys that are coming, um, you know, off of some injuries. Um, you know, that chemistry and, and that we have to build and, and come together. It's, it's going to take a little bit of time. None of that's excuses. A lot of teams are going through injuries. A lot of teams are bringing in new players. Um, you know, you got the likes of Louisville, you know, went on the road and won two games and, and even with uh, down a man. So that's, that's the standard Louisville, San Antonio. That's what we're striving for. We got a lot of work to do. Um, not worried. Um, certainly saw some positives, um, both on the road to, to, to fight out and get a draw on the road when, when we didn't put forth our best effort. And then, you know, gotta, gotta be better in front of the goal. Gotta convert our chances. And, and, you know, San Diego is a great team and they took advantage of, of some mistakes we've made and, mm-hmm. and we can't afford to do that. So certainly some bright spots. Certainly I think we improved game over game. Um, and I think as, as the group comes together a little bit more, we, we have, you know, two weeks off in between games. Um, so I think that's a lot of time for us to get some guys healthy, get some guys back that were away for personal reasons um, and, and keep building that chemistry. And I, and I think I really like the group. Um, they've been resilient. We've had a lot of uh, challenges this offseason with no home, bouncing from training place to training place. So I think uh, I think get in front of our fans on April 1st. I think that'll just give everyone a little bit added boost. And, and hopefully we can take that energy from the crowd on April 1st and, and, and score some early goals and, and then not look backwards. Bobby, speaking of scoring goals, I was reading the other day, you talked about 17 new players this year. One of them was just acquired last week on loan from Atlanta, Jackson Conway. Now he's young, he's 21, but he's got the ability uh, to, to score. He's got 23 career goals and 74 appearances in the USL. Uh, talk about the acquisition of Jackson
Jackson Conway, uh, how important that is and how exciting it is for your ball club. Yeah, we're really excited to, to get Jackson on board. Um, we just got him across the line just prior to, to our match Sunday in San Diego. Um, he's young, but he's got a lot of professional games. He came up in a great system in Atlanta United. He's got first-team minutes over there. Started the home opener for, for Atlanta United this, this season. Um, but an opportunity for him to come in and compete. Um, we, needed to, we need to have depth at every position, and we need to be competitive. That helps us get better every day in training. I mean, frankly... Over the preseason, I think Manu Artiaga, our other number nine forward, um, has been our been one of our best players, and, and I think what that shows is, um, you know, no one can be uh, get complacent. No one, um, you know, can just show up and be in the starting lineup. It's going to be a competition. Uh, Juan, our head coach, is going to push him every day, and, and the guys that are competing the best working the hardest. And so Jackson just adds another element to. To the, to the group. Um, he's got some experience. He knows how to score goals. And, and you know, we didn't do that on Sunday, and hopefully uh, we can start doing that, and he's going to help us along the way. So we're really excited to get Jackson, and I think uh, we'll get a little time these next uh, 10 days leading up to the home opener and get settled in a little bit. And I know one of the big things that what he was attracted to was, was playing in a competitive environment and playing in front of a fan base like Phoenix Rising. Bobby Dooley, our guest. Before we let you go, Bobby, uh, tickets available for April 1st? And if so, where yes. do we send people to go get uh, those tickets to be part of that party on April 1st? Yeah, they're going fast. There's a lot of <laughs> excitement right now. You can visit our website, phxrisingfc.com, to purchase tickets. And we're, we're excited. I, I, we're, we're anticipating a sellout. There's a lot of buzz, a lot of momentum. I think these last uh, seven, eight days um, leading up to next weekend are going to be really exciting, and, and uh, we can't wait for April 1st. Yep. Bobby, good to talk to you again. Uh, best of luck with the home opener at the, at the, at the new home. Thanks, guys. Thank Thanks, you, Bobby. Bobby Dooley, president of Phoenix Rising FC, uh, joining us again. Fee, uh, PHXRisingFC.com for tickets to that uh, home opener April 1st against San Diego Loyal SC. Coming up next, Tim Ring has called it not just a big game, but a big week for the Phoenix Suns. And we'll get into all of the ramifications of it next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings with Tim Ring in for Bick on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.